Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. Hello and you're very welcome to the Inside Story podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Each week we talk to our journalists about the background to stories which they've been working on for the print edition or on irishtimes.com. And this week the Irish Times has come under strong criticism for a sympathetic piece it published about the American so-called alt-right. The article by Irish-based American journalist Nicholas Pell claimed to offer a glossary of terms, some of them racist and misogynistic, which are used by followers of that amorphous far-right movement which has grown over the last few years to become a very significant element in the success of Donald Trump. I talked to our opinion editor John McManus about how and why an article of this sort gets published and about his response to the criticism of the Irish Times' decision to go ahead with it. John, thanks very much for joining us today. You're the opinion editor and I wanted to get a sense, first of all, before we got into the nitty-gritty of this particular subject of what your day-to-day job involves? Well, I suppose the way to answer that is, is, is what the, the purpose of the opinion pages are and uh, we see them as a, a space in which we will carry pieces that will inform people, challenge people, uh, give them something to think about. And over and above that, we have a. Um, we believe we we have a, a part of our job is to try and uh, provoke debate, encourage debate about matters of public interest. So, with all those three, uh, with all those things in mind, you know, w- w- the job basically involves uh, going through a lot of stuff that's submitted, uh, commissioning stuff, and then obviously we have our regular columnists. And between that mix, you know, what you're trying to do is, is achieve those objectives. We're not holding this stuff out as factual accounts, we're not holding it out as um, as our opinions either. That's probably an important point to make. The, the opinions of the paper are, are expressed only in the, the, the editorial columns. And, uh, and obviously in this day and age, that's the opinion page isn't restricted to a single page in the dead tree edition. There's also the digital output as well. So the opinion page is online. Also yeah, it's, 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 it's a vertical on the website. So, and if you're commissioning then now, does that mean, I know some readers have asked me this in the past, you know, how is a decision made and is the process different of um, commissioning something which is purely for online? Obviously, everything that goes into print, I think I'm right in saying, also ends up having an online life as well. But increasingly, you'd be commissioning pieces which end up just online. Yes, we we, we are. Um, No, the same, the same basic rubric applies. Um, But, you know, we we have more... um, space obviously on on the website so that's why you get pieces on the website that don't appear in the paper what we is there a quality issue is there a first division sec division thing that, that that things go to print if they're deemed good enough or are they is it different type of content at times no i mean the quality argument is, is, is the quality is, is the same um perhaps you might you 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 you, you You'd be conscious that we might have a slightly different audience in print as online, and you might put a piece uh, um, 
imprint for that reason. You think it might appeal to that audience more than than, than the online audience. And would you be mostly working with, obviously, as you said, you have your regular contributors, daily columnists and so on. Would you generally be working with a pool of people who you would have an ongoing working relationship with or do you take pieces on spec much? We have... um, we have our columnists. Uh, we'd have a sort of a, outside of that a pool of, of writers who we would go to because we'd know they would be um, uh, experts on a, on a particular area or have a good insight into it. And then beyond that, then we, we get an awful lot of submissions from, from a lot of people and we go through them and, and, and treat them on merit. And, and you know, if the, and if it chimes with something we think is, 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 is uh, interesting and that people want to, would want to read about, then it, it and it, and it, well written, then we'll, we'll publish it. Which brings me to the Nicholas Pell piece, which has caused such controversy over the last 24 hours or so. How did that piece come about? That was a submission from, 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 from Nicholas Pell that came in earlier this week, and I, I had a read of it. And, uh, you know, I thought it, it met the criteria that I just set out. You know, it, it, was, it was about uh, a topical issue. It, it was uh, going to inform people. I mean, at a, at, a, at a minimum, you'd come away from it understanding uh, the language that, that the, this sort of alternative right conservative movement in the US uses and uh, at best you would do you, you'd give you a pretty good insight into the way their minds work and the ideology they espouse and it's uh, the, the the public interest argument is pretty clear because if you like the poster boy of this movement uh, the, the founder of Breitbart he's going to take up a job in the Donald Trump administration they are a real force in American politics and I don't think they, they, they uh, you know, pretending they don't exist or just not uh, ignore, you know, just deciding they're too obnoxious to be uh, uh, debated with is uh, is is. is not I suppose the way to there, go. there are there, there are two separate points to that. I mean, I think clearly we would all we would all agree that pretending that something something which is clearly a rising political phenomenon doesn't exist uh, isn't is, isn't really an option. The, the, the piece itself, I think one of the things which people took exception to was that it certainly seemed to me reading it, the piece itself was uh, in a jocular fashion, quite sympathetic to the, uh, to the, the, the beliefs and you know, aims of, of the alt-right movement, which is, to describe it as thinly veiled fascism, is not that far from the truth in some No, it, yeah. far from it. And, and they would, some of them would even celebrate being described as such. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's 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 a valid criticism, but you know you're never going to get the exact perfect piece you want, and you know this piece came along, uh, and it was, uh, you know, it, by publishing it, we've served to get this debate going, and I think the other response that we've had uh, confirms that this is something people are, have very strong views on. You know, it's not as if we, that we've just done a one-stop shop. We'll be having, we have a piece lined up for tomorrow, hopefully. Given the other alternative view, I'm sure there's going to be an awful lot of letters. There's been a huge amount of um, uh, comment online, you know. So we've done our job in a way by we've we've surfaced this issue. Where we're going to, I suppose, know, the, the, some some of the criticism, and you know, it should be said from all kind kinds of people. I noticed I just picked up on a couple of them. I thought were, were interesting to to look at. One was from Colm O'Gorman of of, of Amnesty Ireland, um, and he pointed to an article on the same subject, really, which the Economist published a few months ago, back back in September, which is quite. I, I read it once 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 I put, went through the link. It was a well written, um, fairly you know, a very objective piece, but it, it contained all the 
information and more, I suppose, than, that, that was in the, the piece in the Irish Times, but did not come across as, a, as an apologia for, for views, which many people consider outside the pale, which is the criticism of the piece which we published. Well, I mean, people are going to feel what they feel. Uh, and, you know, there's no point uh, not acknowledging that we've offended some people. Uh, but that's like the point is that wasn't our, our, our objective. What we were trying to do is get this. Uh, it was a piece that gets this uh, issue ventilated. And uh, you can argue about the, the, the tone, but f- fundamentally, you know, it, it, it wasn't. Um, I, I'd be amazed if anybody came away from reading that piece thinking these are good guys. I really like what they're doing. You know, to a certain extent, we let them hang well, themselves. Well, well, some people did because I actually, I mean, I noticed, I mean, I was looking at, at Nicholas Pell's Twitter feed, for example, and he was retweeting comments by people who clearly identified with out-and-out fascist organisations who were expressing pleasure at the fact that these views and some of the expressions were appearing for the first time in mainstream Irish media, which had never happened previously. Yeah, but they're going to appear in, in, in mainstream Irish media. You, you go and... Uh, Google any of those words, and uh, they're you know they're 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 out there now. Um, but that's you know not even. But the, isn't the, this the part point. of the criticism of Liam Hogan, who's written written extensively about um, about the conflation of Irish indentured servitude with uh, African American slavery as a way of undermining the critique of racism in American society? That's a very long winded explanation of who he is, but he's a respected scholar in his own right. And he was writing today about how this process of what what people call normalization is going on at the moment. Now, obviously, normalization is is a reality because, as you say, some of these ideas have been injected much deeper into the American mainstream than they have been previously and in other countries, too. But is there is there a responsibility on us not to go along fully with such such normalization? I suppose the question really is, is would an equivalent article have been published in the Irish Times 10 years ago? Uh, uh, that, that's hard. That's hard to know. Um, and you know, things the the, the the media has changed dramatically. There's no such there's no social media as such 10 years ago. But I mean, the, there's kind of a couple of points there. One is the, the Irish sort of right wing fascist thing is is a you know is a, is a is a niche within a niche within a niche and uh, well american american fascists yeah so. the, the 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 broader thing is is i suppose what you're talking about there is this whole business of of of, uh, of platforms and who you should and shouldn't give a platform to you know we as a, an organization don't subscribe to the the i mean i understand as i understand the no platforming argument it's that it's for groups that are either so powerful or so controlling that uh, you know it's unfair to they shouldn't really be um Allowed access to 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 to, to platforms. We don't really subscribe to that. We 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 uh, we will run pieces by people who we don't agree with. We will run pieces that we think may challenge our readers. We think, to a certain extent, our readers uh, want that. They almost expect that of us. I mean, if you if you look at the abortion debate at the moment, we've run trenchant pieces arguing it both ways and. Uh, you know, then they've upset people on either side of the argument, uh, but you know we haven't had the same level of of. of Is uh, that a valid comparison, though? Because the views of the of the organisation, not even sure if it is an organisation, it's a more amorphous thing than that. But but the views, the 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 racist, the racist, the white nationalist views, the views, the 
deeply misogynistic views in some ways, are not, for example, reflected in any way in in any elected pol- political body of any consequence that I'm aware of in Ireland. Whereas, in fact, that there is a political, you know, there are political views on both sides of the equation in the in, in the abortion debate, for example. I suppose what I'm trying to get at is, if you say that this is within the boundaries of what the Irish Times thinks is is, is valid publication of interest and debate, what's outside the boundaries? Well, there's there's you know taste and decency, and uh, this piece we believe fell fell on on the right side of that, and I think it's you know it's it's the point of of publishing the piece was that you know Donald Trump is going to be in the White House in a few weeks. The this movement fed into his election. People who are aligned to this movement are going to be in his administration. You want to know what you, you know. If you don't know who they are and what they do, uh, you, you should because they're going to be a factor in what you know. They're going to be in the news this year. They're going to affect how America is run. There's no point pretending they're nasty, fringe, marginal people who are are, are just going to go away now. Uh, it's not going to happen. So you know, unpleasant, disgusting as they are. They're here, and, you'd be, and if you're serious I, I, about challenging absolutely. them, then you want to understand Accepted, them. but then in covering that, is there a, a, a greater than usual, perhaps, imperative on all of us to be careful about who we do get to cover these issues? You know, because again, this comes back to the criticism of this is somebody who's never written for the Irish Times before. Uh, I have no reason to believe he's not a perfectly pro- pro- professional individual. His sympathies, it seems to me, are quite clear in terms of the the, the, the tone and tenor of, of the article. Um, you know, is that sort of person the right person to, to cover an area of such sensitivity? Because there are, you know, there are serious kind of issues that people are personally affronted by in this subject. Well, that's a risk, you know, that we've, like I say, that we've offended some people and that wasn't the objective, but I suppose you could argue if we had got one of our, um, <clears throat> one of our writers, say I'd suggested to one of the columnists, why don't you write a piece about, about this, this alt-right movement, they would have written a, 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 a fine piece, but you probably would have come away from it thinking, um, like I say, there's some nasty French movement that shouldn't be taken seriously. And I'm not saying, so, you know, which... Perhaps this would, would be a lot of Irish Times would be comfortable with that because it would reinforce their views, uh, and this piece doesn't. So it's you know it's 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 offended some people. That's 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 never the objective, but it's probably shaken a few other people out of out of a certain complacency about it, and that this this consensus that you know they, if we all that they can be uh, ignored or shouted down. I, I suppose one of the one of the things that strikes me about that is we're talking about this in the context of a, of, a, of a way of thinking about journalism in particular, which is still rooted, to be honest, in the in the in the, in the printed newspaper and the idea of the opinion page. That that these things play very differently in the in the digital space and the social media um, sharing space, and that in particular with a with, with a piece of writing of this sort, I went. Searching around a bit around about uh, about the writer Nicholas Pell, he actually wrote a piece, quite an interesting piece actually, about how you can learn to get paid for trolling online. And he goes into some detail about what he's learned about getting paid for trolling online. And a lot of the criticism in the last few hours of this piece is that this is the Irish Times engaging in the lowest form of trolling. I've myself written a few pieces over the last couple of months about this whole issue about fake news. Um, I, I, reading the piece. 
it's not a million miles away from what those Macedonian teenagers were doing in Veles and making money out of it on Facebook. I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't said anything, uh, he hasn't made anything up there, uh, which I think is the definition of fake news. Uh, it's, uh, it's, well, click, it's clearly, it's click clearly, clearly, it's clearly. Actually, uh, one of the points he makes about effective trolling is always make sure everything's true. Yeah. And it's an interesting piece, actually. Sure, but the, 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 the social media is very fickle. You know, it's it's a, it's a very quiet day in the start of January. Everyone is going berserk about this particular piece. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be remembered as as, as one of the stories of of 2017. Particularly, I I I, I think. You know, people are having a as a great, good, strong, robust debate going on. There's one particular. There's what I did want to bring. There's one particular phrase in the in this glossary of of, of alt right phrases, and it says uh, "dindu" or "dindu nothing," and that's described as a black man convicted of a crime, often one lionized by the press or portrayed as innocent. It's an attempt to approximate the African American vernacular English pronunciation of "didn't do anything, didn't do nothing." Now I look out the window at the sea of white faces here in the Irish Times, and I'd say, if I was a person of color, I would say that that is a, that is a racist statement published by an almost exclusively white media organization you would and we thought about whether or not to uh, to include it and and uh, took the view that um you know if you're going to if what you're setting out to do is uh provide a lexicon of these people's language this is what they mean when you read that word that's what they mean then would you do the same with an anti-semitic phrase well it's all about context isn't it um, if there, I suppose if there was uh, an equivalent uh, context, perhaps, yeah. And um, the the like I say, this is this is one of these. It's it's it's. Uh, I suppose really. D- d- yeah, d- d- I mean that's that's the the, the 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 that was the question for us really about this piece was, you know, we 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 know what we're about and we. But, you know, uh, this piece was perhaps at the edge of what we consider acceptable for publication. And we, I took the view that it, it was acceptable. And I thought there was a uh, good grounds for publishing it because, you know, if nothing else, uh, you can say it's worked. We're having, there's a, there's a big debate going on now about these people and their language. And, uh, and perhaps it's kind of, people are going to, people are going to realise that they're real. You know, I keep going back to the fact that they're, 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 they're connected to the Trump administration and you know if you've read that piece and you now know more about them and what they're about and was this the best way to do that I suppose I just asked just, just I mean just to wrap it up just a conflation of the issues we've gone through here that you had a you had a writer who we didn't really know who he was would you is that fair to say you know we wouldn't we're not really no, familiar never, with him never, never you're not familiar before, with him so it's a writer who hasn't hasn't written for us before at all writing on a subject of which uh, which I think we can all agree is, is is a very sensitive subject in terms of in terms of some of the issues it turns about writing about that subject from a point of view of sympathy I would I would say to views which which the majority of people in this country would would find reprehensible and in the course of doing that using objectionable Racist hate speech. Well, that's the criticisms of of, of the piece. Those are those are the and uh, you know the the counter arguments that you know I, I've I, I've been through are, are that you know on on balance. I suppose uh, you know, it was I, it was it was it was worth publishing, and, and I suppose there is a certain 
you don't feel at all, do you, that, you know, I mean, this is an, this is an imperfect trade that we work in. We all make mistakes, and God knows I've made plenty of them along the way. And, and you're not, you wouldn't be a journalist if you didn't make mistakes sometimes. That sometimes, you know, that, that, that in a context like this, does it not think some element of it that, that you'd be prepared to acknowledge in, in retrospect, maybe you might have done it somewhat differently? Well, we're not in the business of offending people, and uh, which sounds trite, but it's true. So I suppose, yeah, you, you, when, 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 when the dust has settled... On this, you know, that's the thing we need to look at. You know, like, was it? Uh, did we did we offend more people than we informed? I suppose is is how we'll judge it. And uh, and did we offend too many people? Is perhaps the the other things we need to get a handle on. Not going to get. Not going to do that right now. And that's it for this edition of Inside Story. Thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. We are really interested to know what you think of this series. So remember that you can mail me at hlinehan at irishtimes.com or you can find me on Twitter. Remember also that you can find all our shows on irishtimes.com slash podcasts or you can subscribe via iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. And if you are a subscriber, we do always appreciate it if you take a moment to rate or review the show as it does a lot to help us get to a wider audience. But until the next time, goodbye and thanks very much indeed for listening.